That's right, it is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. It's Mark with you. And Henry. Henry Rains from the... That's the, right. The Henry Rains Show. I'm moaning my last name. Henry Rains from the formerly the Henry Rains Show, and perhaps someday in the future, the Henry Rains Show. <laughs> it's still the Henry Rains Show. <laughs> directly on the air right now. We know the vagarities of radio and how these things go. So, thanks for being on with me, Henry. And we, uh, we're longtime friends, so for those that uh, don't know... Decades. Yeah, many, many decades. <laughs> Henry is uh, probably my long, longest-time friend of the family that, I've, uh, that I know. So, I um, mean, we both happen to have had radio careers. Well, you've had a radio career. I've had a radio vocation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, I'm gonna turn you down, apparently, according to Ian. So um, you got a, we got an email on something you said last yes, week. Yes, <laughs> we, we 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 had listener response. Yep. to my appearance. Yep, and I'm sure we had lots of response, but uh, that one in particular, um, you know, well, this to- someone that went to the trouble to uh, address the, um, well, my opinions, I, I suppose, is what he was addressing, and it's, it's very concise and well-written paragraph here. So let me thank Elliot Axelman for sending this to us. I've met him. He was at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. He's a very accomplished uh, gentleman, uh, but just to take his words first, and if you haven't listened to whatever it was I said last week, it's probably archived somewhere on freetalklive.com, I would imagine. You go to archives.freetalklive.com and look for last okay. show. But, um, you know, mostly what you said was something to the effect of... Um, well, we, we can tell... He, okay. He'll tell us what I said. Okay. And, and he did it the very next day, because that was Thursday evening last week, and um, by 3.24 a.m. on Friday, he had uh, sent this out, and, uh, you know, I... It's seldom that I get the attention of anybody at 3.24 a.m., so <laughs> I'm thrilled. Striking while the iron's hot, as it were. I th- <laughs> These are Elliot's words. Yeah. I think that it is extremely generous of you. This was actually addressed to Ian, but I'm sure he expected it to be shared with, with us. I think that it is extremely generous of you, in parentheses I would put Ian, to allow Mark and his friends to occasionally broadcast the show remotely, Especially considering that you seemingly screen their calls and produce the shows for them. He does. And I want to thank Ian for doing the, the screening right now. I mean, you know, the, the guy who, um, whose whole idea and whole passion was to create the show. is And just who could do it better? Sitting there um, acting like a bored monkey right Talk now. Talk about a career in radio. Indeed. I mean, yeah. he, Ian's not vain. He's not shy. He'll, uh, he'll, do, he'll do all those jobs. So, um now, I will uh, go ahead and say this, is, is that I was there on the first day of Free Talk Live, the very first time that it was uh, broadcast. And the reason I haven't been heard on the air that much in the last year is, well, first off, the Federal Bureau of Investigations and uh, the U.S. Attorney made it impossible for me to talk to Ian for some time. I ran the show until Ian got out of jail and these, these charges that he's facing right now, and I turned it all over. To him now, presuming that I wanted to keep the reins of power, I probably not could have these done reins, but the R E I N S reins of yeah. power. Don't ask me how to spell uh, that uh, stuff. Yes, well, and and Ian, let me tell you, thank you for letting Mark play with his friends on the radio <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and do it and do it all remotely too. Yep. Uh, the last uh, it was back to Elliot's words. The last show involved a co-host named Henry. 
who joined Mark on the show. He's, That's true. He seems well-spoken, relatively intelligent in some ways. Thank you so much for the charmingly condescending, condescending uh, compliment, yeah, Elliot. And generally polite. At least I was last week. It's always good to uh, list a few good things about the person you're about to lambast. I, I recommend this. Hey, kids, this is the way you do it. <laughs> and it never really works. Um, I was surprised. It doesn't really work. Everybody, it just preps them for that. Act, actually, it works if somebody else is listening because then they give you props in their mind yeah. that, that you were trying to be diplomatic and, and constructive. Agreed. So back to constructive Elliot. Uh, and his, I was surprised to hear that he supports the ACA, Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, that was my edit. Somebody um, has to, right? Like, there's uh, somebody in America that supports the ACA. There are quite a few million of us that have supported the ACA. I can tell you there's, there's lots of people that have said to me, you know, hey, I wouldn't have got this medical care or that medical care had it not been for the ACA. Now, um, you know, we can have long conversations about what's a better solution than the ACA. I believe that America has been put on a track to make uh, socialized medicine Mandatory that like every fix was really the fix put in so that ultimately socialized medicine would have to be the solution and that a free market in medicine like they have in close and closely in dentistry. But uh, say, um, you know, plastic surgery, LASIK, um, you know, a variety of these things, which, you know, you're dealing much more with a free market then Yeah, I would be I think that would work better. And some other time, maybe when you get to play with your friends, uh, we'll have a talk about when I was just a very, actually was a, a kid that would be playing with his friends uh, in the doctor's office. And I used to have to listen to the doctor tell my mother, because I was just like in first grade or something, how horrible Medicare was going to be and what a damage it was going to do to the country uh, and turn it all into socialized medicine. But I digress. To Medicare finish, is socialized medicine. Pardon me? Medicare is socialized medicine. Uh, not really. It's not socialized? Uh, you go to the provider you want, so there's competition pro between providers. The payment is socialized in the same way that sort of, um, you know, in some locations, school, uh, paying for school is socialized. If you want to talk about the fee schedule of the American medical system, then we have something that resembles socialism. Yeah, there is a fee schedule. Um, it is also. a set fee schedule, and everybody gets in line with it, whether it's a private company or yep. not, because it works to the benefit of the insurance companies. But, sure but again, we're, dig we're digressing, and we're really missing the the point, because he sent food for thought. So anyway, the ACA, Corona Fascism, Biden, and a, a lot... Is there more to this sentence? And a lot of... Oh, whoa, there was another paragraph. Sorry, Mark. A lot of status politics. Uh, he seems to believe in the vaccine. Oh, we're getting to the meat of the issue here. Right. Now, um, and before we go on with the, the status politics, um, you know, like you've invited me on your show many times, um, and I've taken the libertarian position because I'm a libertarian, mm -hmm. and I've invited you on the air. Ian has been on my show in many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there's you, you have no fear of a libertarian position on things and want it articulated, apparently. Um, but... You're not you've not claimed to be a libertarian on the no. air here or frankly anywhere in your life. Um, I think the term you used last week was yellow dog Democrat. And I disagree with that because I know that your politics isn't 
aligned with the Democratic Party on every issue every time. Um, right. You know, you'll vote well, for them. That's why you're a yellow dog Democrat. Because you'll vote for them as opposed to the yes. other party. Well, that is uh, true. If they, even if they were a yellow dog, which would be an improvement for many. Right. Um, that is truly the definition of a yellow dog Democrat. But you don't b- agree with the D- uh, Democratic Party every issue every time. You agree with no. them some issues no. some of the you know time. How some you just pe- think they're better than the Republicans right. generally. I'm sure you've heard this many, many times where somebody says, well, I don't look at the party. I vote for the person. I, do ne- I never vote for the person. I look at the agenda and if it's got more stuff for me and my my benefit, I vote for them. And for the last my adult life, uh, the Republican Party hasn't had anything that outnumbered the benefits from the Democrats, even if many of them weren't beneficial to me. Um, all right, let's get back to Elliot because he he put a lot of time in this at three twenty four a.m. Uh, he he seems to believe in the vaccine. Thinks talking about me. Reject the fact that the COVID deaths were terribly overcounted, possibly by a factor of one thousand or more. So in other words, the uh, COVID deaths were overcounted by a factor of one thousand. We can come back to that because I I did a little response research too. Although, actually, I've done the research many, many times over the last two years. He also mentioned that IVM, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine were not effective. I think I more said I never didn't see any evidence that they were effective. Uh, below are some articles that blow those arguments away with tremendous amounts of solid data, peer-reviewed. Well, I can't wait I, to hear it. I don't know which peer he was on when he reviewed it, but that's what he said. High-quality studies involving hundreds of thousands. Free Talk Live. Talk live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Mark with you. Henry Rings, darn it. Henry Rings, the full name. Mark Edge with you. There you go. The number 603-513-2228. That's 603-513. Excuse me, I'm giving you the completely the wrong number. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The problem with giving out, uh, you know, business line during the you know the week, and then getting on the air and giving out uh, another line that has the same uh, area code. Nonetheless, um, you may call in, talk about whatever you want, including uh, COVID nineteen, which is what we're discussing right now. A listener email came in, um, you know, from Elliot. Elliot, yep. And uh, just to finish up where we left off there, and get into the meat of the issue afterwards, though. Uh, he says that I he sent articles that would blow my arguments away with tremendous amounts of solid data, peer-reviewed, high-quality studies involving hundreds of thousands of patients. And most, more importantly, that was my editorial interjection, my book includes all of this and much more. Though my publisher has not yet published my update for the book, well, we can be hoping that happens fast, Please feel free to pass this on to Mark and or his friend Henry. Thanks and keep up the great work. And I have to say that as far as the human body and uh, a lot of the physiology of it, 
I don't hold a candle to Elliot because he is a critical care and flight certified paramedic, which is the highest level of certification that a pre-hospital medical provider could attain. He's worked in emergency medical service since 2011, field training officer, adjunct professor, all levels of EMS students, experienced in multiple municipalities. He's experienced with inter-facility specialty care, uh, uh, paramedic, often utilizing ventilators, IV pumps, advanced airways, and managing cardiac arrests. So I don't hold a candle to him, but perhaps I've met a lot of doctors too that uh, are skeptical. Perhaps in 15 years of radio, I've done a little bit more digging to see the agenda behind the stuff I'm reading, and have a little more objective view of evidence than the magical thinking that Elliot likes to deal with. Okay, magical thinking. All right. <laughs> yes, I let's find that quite a bit on that. Well, let, let's start with one of the things that. Uh, he sent me a link, or he sent Ian, and I got it. Uh, why you should not get the COVID vaccine. Okay. Now, let's not. We can talk about the the mandate, but that's not Have the, you had the, the issue. Vaccine? Pardon me. Have you gotten the vaccine? I've gotten the, the vaccine. Shot, well, it was a course of two shots. Yep. And then I've been boosted twice. Right. So I have a, uh, uh, a semantic argument against using the term vaccine to describe mRNA um, vaccines as they're, they're calling them. I prefer to use the term shot just because, well, I know it's a shot. I don't know what else it is. Okay. And my opinion matters because the Democratic Party says I get to vote. My vote matters, so I'm the, I'm the president, as it were. Remember, they say it's, it's Your not vote only matters when you're doing it. The way you they want you to. That's vote. exactly right. Yes. yes. So, uh, and that's a whole other story that recently <laughs> happened with our constitution here in Florida. But that, again, well, we could. I disagree. We yep. could go into the technical aspects of mRNA. I don't think we want to do that today. But who knows? We may have a chance at some other time to do that. Well, I want to uh, talking about the semantic argument against using the term uh, vaccine, and that's 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 where I'll be coming from. Well, I'm using Elliot's uh, addresses it as a vaccine, and yep. also in here, uh, he he he's got a little bit of a bias. Perhaps people will find in his writing here. Uh, this is from his article. His book's uh, name. Uh, this this like actually, I think, is from his article is on his blog, or mm-hmm. uh, where you can find a lot of his publications. It's called LibertyBlock.com. Uh, the vaccines that currently have emergency use authorization by our lords in D.C. are the ones produced by Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, and according to the federal government. Now, okay, this is an important line here. Um, I'll explain. I'll give his statement at face value, and then we'll explain where he gets it and why it is really a... a, I I wouldn't say that it's disinformation because I don't want to cast aspersions to Elliot that he intentionally is putting out there misinformation and trying to mislead folks, but it's misinformation. Okay. Maybe he's been misinformed. I don't know. What what is this? Right. Well, that's why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Tell me this information. According to the Federal Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, 20,630 individuals have died following the COVID vaccines, which is more this than all the prior vaccines combined. The figure comes from the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, V-A-E-R-S, I think pronounced VAERS. All right, here's another important statement that he makes. In order to submit a report to VAERS, a doctor must fill it out. That's false. And the process takes about 30 minutes per report. I don't know how long the doctor takes, but, but it does. 
anybody can fill these out. Okay. Any any member of the public, and there is no check to these. Okay. But we're still going to go with the 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 intellectual argument, if not the facts, which are wrong. <laughs> okay. uh, the CDC has admitted that less than one percent of adverse effects. Uh, By the way, um, on this, these VERS reports, where did you get this uh, information that um, people, anybody can fill one out? Uh, okay, well, I'll just jump ahead to that because he just goes on to, you know, spin his bias a little bit more. Um, okay, so now I am on... So, so by all means, spin your bias. <laughs> uh, well, no, I don't have to because I'm at the VERS site, which is uh, furnished by HHS, the the U.S. government Health agency. Health Human Services. Yes, dot .gov. And it says, click here. This is what actually you see when you come to this page. Click here for VAERS reporting requirements for healthcare administering. And then it says the vaccine is a passive reporting system. It relies on individuals, et cetera. And then I've highlighted anyone can submit a report to VAERS, including parents and patients. Healthcare providers are require healthcare providers required by law to report if they're in the table of reportable events following vaccination. So there's a list of vaccinations, and it could be uh, you know measles or and it definitely is on COVID related uh, or not COVID related but post COVID vaccinations. All right, so that part is an accurate statement. Healthcare providers are required to report into this if they have a a event with someone that's received the vaccine, but the twenty thousand that number that is taken is not necessarily from doctors. It can be from anyone, and it does has no follow up to to put a causal effect to the vaccine to that. But we're still going to go with the twenty thousand number for just a little bit longer. And I actually ran a report myself on this site because you can uh, go to a, a link and you can run your data search on it, which I did. I actually came up with 21,300-something on this. Maybe it jumped up since the last time you looked. Um, or maybe the time period was extended from when he did his, his search. Okay. Um, uh, and then you have a disclaimer. Varus accepts reports of adverse events and reactions that occur following, following vaccination, and the same thing about who can report it. VAERS alone cannot be used to determine if a vaccine caused or contributed to an adverse or illness. Reports may contain information that's incomplete, inaccurate, coincidental, unverifiable. You can sort of fill this in where it does. In other words, the data cannot be used scientifically. That is the CDC's words, but that didn't stop Elliot. Well, I've got some things to say on this because I feel like doctors, to some extent, are biased towards vaccines. And you, you, you don't know, like if they see a death, they're not entirely likely to report it free do you feel like your country no longer holds your values have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind there are many people just like you that are discovering freeprivatecities.com they start at freeprivatecities.com and connect via the social media links shown there all skills will be needed when the first of the free private cities open it's sooner than you think stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Henry Ring. And the number. 
603-283-6160. Just go ahead and put it in your phone because you're going to want to call at some point. 603-283-6160. If the Henry Reigns show ever comes back, I think I'll use that Reigns of Power. <laughs> the Henry Reigns of Power show. Perfect. Power Hour. Speaking of which, that's taken. <laughs> by some folks uh, that I have not yet met. All right, so let's put Major Payne on the air. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. Henry, do you own a Henry rifle? And you might know your range if you did. Do you own a Henry rifle? No. <laughs> I wouldn't admit it anyway on the air. So. I, I, I so, think you must empty that situation. Hold on anyway, just a second. You wouldn't admit owning a firearm in the air? Hold on, uh, Major Payne. You wouldn't admit owning a firearm in the air? No, I was just trying to make a smart comment as I was trying to adjust the volume on my headset. All right, Major Payne, go just, ahead. I was just filling space. <laughs> well, yeah. That's I do. I saying. have a shotgun at home. Okay. okay. Good, good man. I love but my I didn't, I didn't know what, what a Henry rifle is, so I didn't want to admit to something that might be illegal. They are awesome, awesome tools. Um, you know, they... they they're very versatile. Go ahead. The earliest Henry rifle held like 17 rounds when the average Winchester held seven. So there you go. Why were they but, called Henry? Uh, it was the late uh, the late 1800s. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it held a long, I think it took a long Colt pistol cartridge. But uh, anyway, uh, evidently we have another active situation in a mall, the Mall of America in, I think it was Bloomington, might have been Bloomfield, I'm pretty sure it was Illinois. The cops, uh, I was listening to Joe Paggs earlier, and he got a Twitter from a dude said he ran out the back door because he heard, you know, stuff coming down, and uh, there was a confirmation about 10 minutes later, a tweet that the cops put out that said they had an active situation, so I don't know exactly what's going down, but... The nuts have fell out of the tree before fall again. And where, so there is an active shooter, and where is where are they? It's at the Mall of America, and it's, I think it's Bloomington or Bloomfield. Yeah. Is that West, West, uh, Wisconsin? Wisconsin? I thought it was Illinois. Minnesota? I don't know. One of those. <laughs> it, it's up there in the Great Lakes. I have heard of the Mall of America, I guess, is what I could say regarding that. All right. Well, thanks for the report. Anything else, Major Payne? Hey, yep, there was a uh, blip on Fox News about it. That'll tag in. Okay. Appreciate it. All right. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And uh, what are you supposed to say when there's an active shooter? Hopes well, and I certainly hope everyone is safe. <laughs> Our thoughts and prayers are with thoughts them. Thoughts and prayers are with them. I don't know what else to say. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's a crazy world out there. It's a crazy world right outside this studio. <laughs> Indeed. Not too far. I, I, I know we're not too. supposed to just say little local gossipy things, but there are so many shootings in Manatee County. And you know where our airport is, and you know that US-41 that runs down there. It was just like about a month and a half ago that a lady in an SUV with her two children in the back had their windows shot out by two cars that were having a gunfight on either side of her while they were going down US-41. Wow, that's a heck of a story. That's, that's some that's, movie stuff there. That's not the Bradenton that you grew up in. Mm, the Bradenton I grew up in wasn't very nice either. <laughs> but, uh, 
But that's not Bradenton. That did, things like that didn't happen. It's that, that, that happened in the big cities, yeah. the Yankee places. Indeed. So those Yankees. All right. So are we back to the? Yes. Okay. So Elliot again yep. wrote this, and so we we just talk about the Vares, and and I would point out just not the the numbers and all that rehash that, but that is something that is a, the CDC uh, encourages you to report in. So. I also thought it would be good to look at some of the numbers that the CDC does report out as their official numbers. And as of today, I think the, the date was July 28th for the data, but they, they uh, assert that there's over 91 million COVID cases that have happened in the U.S. since we started counting. Okay. Uh, that the COVID deaths are 1,026,000 and change. Okay. Uh, I will point out this is that was the number that Elliot said is overreported by a factor of a thousand. So I guess that means he thinks there's been a thousand COVID deaths. In well, I think that that um, people would claim that there was like twenty thousand COVID deaths. Um, no, that so, was the vaccine deaths that well, he said. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put words in Elliot's mouth. But here's what I would say: is is that there are people who have uh, gotten COVID and died. And almost all of them had comorbidities, as it's referred to. And there are very few people where the single reported thing where they die, with which they died was COVID-19. And that's what a lot of people are uh, latching on to. Now, I don't think it particularly matters to you if you're fat. Like, uh, people would rather... Well, they were alive until they died. They, we they can were agree on that. Indeed. And, I mean, but they have found some really great cases where some guy dies, um, you know, in a motorcycle accident and had COVID-19 and was reported as a COVID-19 death. So, okay, let, let's, let's narrow this down. So... Elliot says they're over, and we need to, to give the title of his book, but it's farther down on my scrolling here, so I don't have it at my the tip of my tongue. But Got he it. deserves a, a, to be called out for his book. Um, but I'm sure he, he could he appreciate did, the it, advertising in the pre, in the previous part. Well, LibertyBlock.com, his blog. I'm sure you can get a link to the. I the bet book. you can. Uh, he says, "COVID deaths overreported by a factor of a thousand. That would mean if it were if CDC is saying a million then he says it's about 1,000 deaths. Okay. Okay. So CDC a million, Elliot a 1,000. Now, let me ask you, just, just back of the envelope, on the napkin kind of calculations, 10% overreported, 20%, 50% overreported? I'm just trying to multiply 1,000 times 1,000 in my head here, and I'm coming up with numbers larger Well, just than- do a million. Uh-huh. And then a thousand has three zeros, so you a take three a thousand, zeros. Thousand, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Okay. So, but I'm asking you just in the the realm of things where people do cover ups and stuff like that, and you have to realize that hospitals have a process for um, when there is a death at a hospital until it starts really a lot of them dying every day, like during COVID. Um, the doctor has to not just write it up. He has to appear in front of other doctors. And plus, you have nurses and anybody that might have been involved that gets asked questions about it. So to over-report, you need more than one person wanting to do badly, If you, as far as this, uh, in a massive scale. Could a hospital administration uh, hand down an edict that says something to the effect of, hey, um, let's... 
make sure that everybody who had COVID-19 gets reported because we get extra money if they do. There is an allowance for the treatment of COVID mm-hmm. that is above the normal fee schedule that we talked about earlier. But there is not a fee for the death for from COVID. So if they have COVID and you're treating COVID, you definitely want that reported because it help it goes directly to your bottom line. Okay. Okay. But I'm just talking about now the scale of the conspiracy or the, the dishonesty that Elliot is putting forward in his statement and to that. So uh, what I'm my point to say, say you could fake ten percent. That's a huge number and it, on both sides. Yeah. It takes a lot of people to fake that. Yeah. All right, that's that was just an aside. Uh, current hospitalizations are uh, thirty-seven thousand. What I want to say to just people in general, and I'm being seriously now on the, the the scope of COVID and people that think it wasn't that big a deal. Okay, in March of 2020, is about March of 2020 is when COVID. Yeah. Yes, so okay. Did. Yeah. Um, I had COVID, and I would say that uh, my experience in having COVID, the illness, was. You know, probably one of the worst illnesses I've had, but it was relatively short. Well, I, I'm addressing more the growth uh, and the scope of the problem, and we can do that when we come back. I guess. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about what's on your mind. The number, 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. The reigns of power. <laughs> Henry Reigns, 603-283-6160. We're talking about COVID-19, a listener email that came in. And um, Henry, uh, oh, before we go on, though, I want to uh, give the update. Um Update from penlive.com. Police find no victim in reported shooting at Mall of America. Apparently uh, somebody was wandering down. Maybe there was uh, three shots fired. And at this point, they have neither a perpetrator nor a victim. So good news. Our thoughts and prayers worked. Well, I hope they can identify a perpetrator. <laughs> well, I'm sure if they try hard enough, they will. I'm sh- the place. Well, yes, they could identify one. They will certainly come up with a per- perpetrator if they try hard enough. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> All right. Well, we were t- we talked about just reporting in general, and I asked you how much uh, how 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 much could you fake it as a when you have a million deaths according to the CDC? How much could really be faked? And you know, you, people may have different opinions. 10%, half of it, 500,000. Still leaves a lot of people with death, a lot of people with uh, then false false identifications. But Right. So, um, you know, I, when it comes to deaths, I like to use the CDC numbers on this and uh, just, you know, uh, presume that the deaths that were extraordinarily. So there's ordinary deaths every week. 40 we to did 60. This last week. I know. Well, I, I mean it. <laughs> um, 40 to 60 thousand Americans die every single week. And then during COVID-19, a lot more died above those numbers. Now, my presumption is the vast majority of those deaths are COVID-19 deaths. Okay. Um, now, following the vaccine, I think the vaccine probably has to take a certain amount of those. And I don't know what that number is, because I believe that every medical procedure has risks. I got sick when I took one of the vaccine shots. I only took one Moderna shot. 
Um, and then I took a, a Johnson and Johnson shot. I understand it's crazy and doesn't make any sense, but I really just wanted to go on a trip um, to Iceland with right. my mom. <laughs> so, um, You're a good son. If I get sick, then somebody else could get sicker, and if somebody else gets sicker, somebody could die. So there you go. That's my theory. And, um, you know, I believe medical procedures have risk. I'm not saying there wouldn't bad outcomes on the uh, for some people. But I'm talking, when you're talking about sheer numbers this big, and at this point in time, as of July 28th, 261 million people in America have been vaccinated at least once. And if it were that much of a hazard, we would have people, you would know people that have died. And most people don't know people that have the vaccine and then died shortly after. No, um, but I do uh, know people that have had adverse reactions after the, the vaccine. And or at least that they blame on the vaccine. Sure. And I do know that my uh, friends that are doctors, the few friends that I have that are doctors um, have said, yeah, we've seen a lot of weird stuff. And we do think that when you do it to 261 million people, you will get a lot of when you do big numbers, you get big numbers. Then I'm with you as long as we're willing. It's like what drives me bananas is the uh, the vaccine zealots out there that are like, it's safe and effective. And I'm not sure that it's either. Now, I'm uh, th- that that's something we can discuss as this goes on. I'm not entirely sure the vaccine's really that effective. I mean, it seems like everybody who's dying now with it, with COVID-19, well, very few. I, I knew you feel that way, and I researched that, but it's something that's very hard to show on the, the radio. But I did yeah. provide you a link. Okay. Well, tell me about it. Well, the link will... will plot the graph of vaccinations and the best is 2021 is what you got to look at because that's when the vaccinations cranked up yeah and at once the very get, end right once we get well the graph will demonstrate something like that yep. but once you get into 2022 you're starting to get the other variants and you're starting to get lesser effects uh, lesser symptoms and but you will see the the rise in deaths through 2021 and then they fall off a cliff in late 2021 as the the number of people vaccinated have increased and you're starting to get more immunity and you're starting to get minimal effects of even contracting COVID if you're vaccinated. Well, I mean, people are having, uh, people have been having effects. I don't know. I mean, like it, I can't say for sure. There's no, there's no way for me to AB test whether or not the vaccine works or doesn't. But it seems like that, that you know, COVID-19, when the, the news media is just wringing what they can out of this and there's deaths and vaccine and, and you know, whatever. Um, it just seemed like a lot of hooey as a person who is both vaccinated and has had COVID-19 at least once. The media has a lot of hooey in it? <laughs> Indeed. I, well, let's, can, do we have time to plug Elliot's book? Because I really feel as we, yeah, we go should right do. Ahead. Okay. Uh, it's on Amazon, and it's, it, the author is listed as ALU, Alu Axelman, yeah. but it's in, on his other spaces, it's Elliot Axelman. But the book is Corona-Fascism. That should really be all you need to do to get to the listing. But Corona-Fascism, how politicians use the virus to eliminate privacy, enrich themselves, and put the final nail in Liberty's coffin. And So Liberty I, is dead now. Well, I don't, okay. I don't know because, you know, as I said, I think it's a lot of magical thinking. Okay. So what's the magic part? That it is this big conspiracy. I had a friend. I have a friend. Well, that, wait a second. Um, before let's let's start with the conspiracy. Um, so let's start with why it isn't a conspiracy. 
I have a friend that, from Germany. He's an American citizen now, but he was sending me threads in January and February, uh, Twitter threads in January and February that doctors in Italy and other parts of Europe were putting forward, and they were talking about the conditions uh, of the patients presenting in the emergency rooms. Okay. And it sounded horrible, and having to put them on ventilators. Everything in those threads started to spread through the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And you see the same thing that doctors are saying that that they are dealing with until it comes to you locally in your own town and you're talking to people you know and they're saying uh, what's going on in the hospital. So you're trying to tell me that this is a conspiracy that they... Well, you're not well, trying to conspiracy? tell me that... Uh, the, what Elliot was saying, how politicians use the virus to eliminate privacy, enrich themselves, and put the final nail in Liberty's column. How do you launch this? How do you... Okay. Well, I'd, I'd love to... to uh, so there's a... I can't remember who the, the statement's by, um, but it's never let a good crisis... Go Everybody away. says that. Right. Every politician. I'm sure. Um, at this point, they don't. Uh, at this point, there's plenty of... Uh, it's been said many times. So, I mean, is there a playbook that is in place... And the answer is, yeah, absolutely. George Bush put a playbook in place and it was, um, you know, m mapped out and ready to go with what we we're going to do with the pandemic. But the, the magical thinking part is that you dismiss what the science is doing because you're you're thinking about what people that have an agenda are doing to enrich themselves and empower themselves, which is what has happened since humans got together and organized. Right. So I'm willing to say that there's um, been lots of deaths from COVID-19. I would, um, you know, I'm, I will not dismiss the notion that it came from a weapons lab in Wuhan, China, um, as a possibility. I think it's possible that it, I mean, there's been lots of, uh, what, what do they call that, viruses that uh, jump from uh, animals to humans. Happens, that happens too. It happens suspiciously close to a lab in China. But, okay, I mean, I, I can believe in these things. Then China covers it up for weeks and then we're supposed to just forgive them because they're a superpower. And honestly, this is it was a pretty big deal. Then the Democrats attack Donald Trump for not letting for for stopping people from flying into the country. And and, and then they change their mind and they become the uh, the lockdown fascists. And they there's a lot of implementation that really went wrong early on. And a lot of people died as a result. I don't know. I mean, those are, are any of those conspiracy theories. Well, I haven't really heard how the theory works. I've heard a bunch of uh, instances of actions that you say are leading to this uh, result okay. of, of controlling people. But I That's don't. That's what politicians do. I mean, it's, right. it's the job so, description, right? So don't... they're using a crisis in order to increase their um, control. I mean, let's take a look at the Michi Michigan but governor. But that doesn't mean you governor disregard or... what the actual good medicine is for people to do because it, somebody can take advantage of it. And then you, you push uh, magical thinking cures and magical thinking that the vaccines are killing people. So. If the vaccine, is, the, the, the shot, is uh, positive, if it works, I would agree with you, right? Like, you don't dismiss. I, don't, I wear a seatbelt when I get into a car. I don't wear a seatbelt because Florida law says I have to. I lived 15 years in New Hampshire, and the vast majority of that time, um, I wore a seatbelt while in a car, and I didn't have to legally. 
So I choose to wear a seatbelt because I believe it's a good idea, not because some politician tells me I have to. But politicians certainly in 49 other states have used that as a point to let, I don't know, cops do random searches in cars and a variety of things. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Henry Reigns. And speaking of callers, we have a caller on the line. Really? I know, I know how much you like callers, and I don't want you to miss out. I just don't want to drive your callers away. <laughs> Why would you be driving? Oh, because you're... Because you- Politics is a bit different. I guess. It's called Free Talk Live. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can tell that they love my free talk. Well, um, that's fine. Who, uh, who, do we, who do we have? If you if you can't, uh, Anna is the name uh, from West Virginia. Um, I think that's what, yeah, West Virginia. Anna, uh, excuse me, um, if, if, if you can't take a little heat, you shouldn't have been on the air the first day. And you've been on the air for 20 oh. years now. Close to it. Well, if, if you count layovers, <laughs> and I do, <laughs> um, and I, I count the time behind the mic at the uh, the wrestling events, all of it. Oh, sure then. <laughs> Indeed, let's put Anna on the air. Anna, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, um, I'm actually 15, and I had an experience today where I was told by the federal government that I do not exist. So I was wondering if I should pay my taxes or not. No, you shouldn't. Um, what, what, how, how did they what tell did you, you that? Just <laughs> what did they? How did they tell you you didn't exist? I got to hear the story. So, uh, about like ten years ago, when I was five, my social security card got lost from family drama. Yep. And I'm getting and in the state of West Virginia, I can get my driver's permit at fifteen. So that's been my goal, and I need my social security card for that. So okay. today, I went to the social security office. And was going to, you know, oh, I'm going to go get my social security card. But, you know, as, as you know, the government doesn't like to make things easy. So I would go up and ask, you know, can I need a replacement social security card? I have my birth certificate. And the lady at the desk says, well, we need more than a birth certificate. Do you have any medical records? And we don't have health insurance, so we don't have any medical insurance, so we don't have proof of that. And they're asking, do you have a school ID? Now, I'm homeschooled. I have been since 
fourth grade. So this story is getting good, Anna. <laughs> so well, I, I, I've got a question. Uh, do you yes. know your social security number? I do not. My parents have it from tax forms, but I don't actually know the full number itself. I haven't memorized well, it. But you, but you could get you could put your. Did you have it when you went to the social security office? Um, my mom had like an envelope. I don't. She didn't because she thought that all she would need is the birth certificate. Right. So I didn't have it on hand. Okay. So all my mom had was old medical records from when I was younger because I haven't been to the doctor. They asked for medical records. Years. There you go. They got some medical well, records. Well, I, I think we need no, to give her practical advice here. <laughs> and and, and uh, speaking as the guest here, I, <laughs> I, my opinion only, I would say get your social security number from your parents. And with that, you should be able to go to the social security office and get they should be able to find you. And that would be a bit, because you're going to want that number because life is going to get more and more complicated if you don't have it. Well, I'll say this, that life does get quite complicated. I know some people who exist without a social security card, and I'm not advocating for or against that. Um, I'm advocating against it. For for a 15-year-old young woman that wants to do her whole life in front of her, she doesn't need to. Uh, I, Anna can decide for herself, but really, you're going to want be able to navigate your way through society in your future years. Status yeah, that true. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's well, there's more because they have a form that they give of the things that they need. But my mom looked online already, and they said all that you would need is a birth certificate and. Hmm. So my mom brought it, and she had old medical records from like before, like a few years ago. And the woman at the desk said that they were too old, and that I would need something recent from about a month, like in the past month, by a doctor I've been seeing for a year. Which I haven't been to the doctor in probably about two, three years because I haven't really been sick with anything. I'm just curious, how can you prove somebody's identity by sending them to the doctor? So, I mean, let's let's say you're Anna, um, actually trying to uh, assume someone's identity. Couldn't one just call up a doctor's office and say, "Yes, I'm so and so. I'd like to come in." No, I don't have any identification. I'm too young. Um, and then you go in, and you know, as long as you're planning this for a year, uh, apparently you can, you know, and you're and you're the right age, you can just jump right in and and be somebody new. Exactly. Well, My mom. That's what her point was. She was like, well, the doctor's office doesn't put the Social Security number on any forms. If I get, you know, a checkup, they're not going to put my Social Security card on, on my Social Security well, number on my the paper. So my that you can bring in whoever you want and say, OK, well, there is this. And they could, you know, OK, well, here's your proof. OK, I, you know, I may have found something much more simple. Here, if you just go to ssa.gov, another social security administration.gov, and you click on uh, social security number and card, you can fill out the questions right there online. Request a copy of a lost or stolen card, update or correct your personal information, request a social security number. You can all do all this online. And uh, there may be want you to, to, you know, send a, a photocopy or something, but this can be solved. Before you turn sixteen, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's hope so. I want. I, I'm sure she. So, do you? Are you trying to get your restricted permit, or are you trying to get your I'm, driver's permit? I'm trying to get my uh, driver's permit because I need my permit before I can get my actual license. 
when I'm 16. So I want to get my permit, be able to have that. And by the time I'm 16, I can get my actual license and that I can also drive even, you know, being at 15. How long do you have to hold the permit in order to get your license? I actually have what she needs here to get this stuff. Okay, just one second. I've got this question, though. How long do you have to have that permit before you can drive in West Virginia? When I'm, well, for 15-year-olds, it's, it's until you turn 16, but aside from that, it's six months. Okay. Or for okay. 300 hours. So according to online, to do this online, you need a, a birth certificate certified by the agency that issued them, not a photocopy, not a notarized copy. So they have to... And you're like, if you went to the health department here in Manatee County, you go down, they, they print them up, and they certif- they're certified. So that's one thing. Uh, and then that's pretty much all they do. Um, that's what we thought. And we brought it in, and we we'll just do it online. did not need the birth certificate. But we don't, we don't use the online stuff because of privacy reasons. We would like to keep our just... Just for privacy reasons, it's easier to do it in person because it's a lot harder to do it online for our own privacy reasons. So it would take even longer and if we could even do it online. So it's easier if we would have just gone in person, which obviously it's not. Right. And you were there already. So it would have been nice if they would have just given you the card. And keep us updated right. on this one. I'm uh, very interested in, in what goes down. And remember, every dollar you give the United States government, they used to drop million-dollar bombs on $10 tents. There you go. <laughs> Not every dollar. Well, <laughs> money's fungible, so you could just decide that your money goes wherever you want. You can tell yourself nice stories about how they're oh, I don't tell myself any nice stories. Kids I just... with cancer. <laughs> I give, by the way, to help kids with cancer, I give money to St. Jude, because that mm. is actually money that's well spent in you that know, way. I don't know what the problem is for not going online from home, I, but there, I can understand there could be, but you could always go to the library or, and do it there. I suppose that's an idea, too. Yeah. If, if, depending on what the problem is that you're trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like a frustrating clerk at the Social Security office is what it sounds like. I mean, have you ever gone into a government office and felt like, huh, it seems like they don't want to do any work here? Well, I haven't gone recently because I did all my interaction with for uh, Social Security online and on the phone, and they were very pleasant. That's good news. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I've had situations where the government... Oh, and the ACA, the Affordable Care Act people... Those were the most helpful I've ever had from a tele. Seriously, from a, a tele uh, phone bank or phone room. Well, I haven't had insurance uh, since the mandate came down. Um, oh, there's and, no more mandate. Yeah, there's no mandate now. But when it came down, and um, you know, frankly, I haven't needed it. So good. That's been a win so far. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Here on Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. Here on Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. Henry Reigns. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. I mean, we just had Anna call in and 
tell us her story Never about. Would have imagined what she was calling for until she told us. <laughs> she, she was telling our story about how difficult it was to get a, a social security card. So you know, I'm not surprised. Anytime I uh, interact with the government, I always expect things to go wrong. My favorite recently was I sent um, uh, my for my son to get a passport. I had to send a letter because, you know, uh, they want to make sure that both parents agree that the kid gets a passport Mm. because they don't want you running off with the kid um, to a foreign country because it's much harder to get them back. That's probably a good policy. I understand the policy. So I had to write this letter and apparently the bureaucrat could not discern how I'd written the date. So I wrote the date um, if we were talking about today. Uh, Did you write it American style? No. Oh. American style is a mess. I wrote it. So I, I use a hybrid system that makes more sense. But um, there's only so many dates out there. So how did you write it? Um, so if you were going to use, uh, let's say, 1776. I don't want to date the program. <laughs> um, so I would go uh, 1776. Then I put a uh, dash mark, and then I put a zero, and then I put the numeral seven, and I put a dash mark, and then put a zero, and I put the numeral four. Okay. So why? Why do I do that? Yes. Because um, who does that besides you? Different people, you know. So there's on, on the internet. There's conversation about how to properly write the date, and I have come to the conclusion, along with many people, that this is the best system for doing it because it hybridizes the European system, which would put the four first, the seven second, and the seventeen seventy six after that. So you would have day, month, year. Now, what doesn't make any sense is going month, then the day, then the year. You would want these things in descending or ascending order. Because that makes sense. Well, the way the um, it does to you, it, it does. <laughs> okay, look, the United States is going to go kicking and screaming into the 21st century if it has to. This whole imperial system. Let's count things by our little knuckles and our how long our feet are. This is nuts. Well, at least it's not a cubit. <laughs> it's not yet. It's not made of gopher wood. Let's, let, let, let's use useful. Uh, size measurements like a bitcoin <laughs> indeed something needs to be uh standardized so yeah. let's go to sarah who's uh, uh calling in from new mexico sarah you're on free talk live oh yeah so the first uh homeless encampment that they're going to have is for um human trafficking victims the so, first homeless encampment that they are going to have is for human trafficking victims Right, so they were planning to have, like, authorized lots for the homeless people to actually, you know, sleep um, in those encampments. Uh-huh. But they were fighting back and forth. They they all complained. They Nobody Who's wanted that? them close to the, the neighbors. Oh, the, yes, the neighbors do not want homeless people living close to them. Um, you know, right. bicycles come up missing, you know, all kinds of variety of, of, of awful things. It could have been the neighbors that took the bicycle. It could be. It's just that. So, so where is this happening? So I have, well, in the city of Albuquerque, I do not know exactly where. Okay. But it's just going to be, the priority is that women were being trafficked um, for, you know, against their will to have sex for 
I mean, right. all of this whole drugs and stuff like that. So oh, they're only allowed to have 50 um, victims at the site. So they, they are opening up um, Is that. this site but, have but a roof? Wants... No, I don't think they have a roof. They, you, okay. just have, you could it's only just legally lot. allow to pitch a tent. And they, you so know, like terrible they're idea. authorized. They cannot evict them. You know what I mean? I, so. I got that part. But, I mean, gee whiz. We can't get the uh, the human trafficking victims a roof? Of all the things the government spends money on, I, I, I mean, you know, you can't do that. All right. Well, it's amazing that we even have a, they were fighting for slow. It's, it's amazing that we even have an authorized lot to have them have an encampment. Because they were talking about it. They were fighting Let back the and men forth. Camp and all of, well, all the late neighbors complain that they don't want to have them in their yard. You sure. know what I mean? But they always complain about the the homeless people are just camped out everywhere and they don't want to see them. See what I mean? So they complain about one thing and they don't want to do the other thing. So they have a um, or they have authorized lot. They don't want that, you know, because it's it's going to be in their neighborhood. Everybody fights and everybody don't want that. But they don't want to have them camped out in the yard uh, park where you can't go there because they're shooting and they're stabbing and they're. Selling girls there, selling drugs. They can't go to the park. They complain about that. So you so. know what the libertarian answer to this is, Sarah? Uh-oh. You should be free to do what you want on your own property so long as you don't harm other people. Well, how does that relate to this? If, it, if you want homeless people to camp on your property, maybe you rent it out to them really cheap. Then, well, we, that's we got the a answer. problem. The women were trafficked. They didn't choose to come here. I uh, well, how how far were they trafficked? Were they trafficked from the west side of Albuquerque to the east side of Albuquerque, or were they trafficked from or the south America? side of the Rio Grande to the north side it, of the Rio Grande? It could Grande? certainly I, happen. I don't know, but what what you they they're in a place that they're not home, and they didn't choose to get there. What are you going to do for them? Well, they're already there. Is that the the question you're gonna you're asking me? Yeah, that sounded like it. I think the Salvation Army does a really good job with homeless people. Really? Yeah, they do. So we get. Well, we should they don't. Put, but, go. go ahead. They don't have. They don't. Um. They only have a men's program when they come out of jail. They got rid of all the homeless women uh, shelters altogether. So and then I, what I was gonna say yesterday night was they found another. They figured that eight women that were missing when they dug up the thirteen dead murder bodies and the the host didn't want to hear nothing negative. They didn't want to hear anything sad. But what I'm saying is that it's these homeless traffic victims that wind up being murdered and dead also. Indeed. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. But the thing is, they wanna, the, the city wanted to make a park and put a plaque and with all their names and make a memorial how sorrowful they were. But they don't even want to, like you said, That's open up. Funny. They barely open up a plaque. <laughs> Let's spend money on a plaque, there. but not do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to uh, build, build this, a little plaque. This is it, right? Like, this are. is the government. You know, and this is what they do. They, um, you know, we get to argue and argue and argue and argue in order to get come up with the right solution. Presumably, so, so who's going to do it if it's not the government? Presumably, charity will. I mean, uh, and how does the how does the Salvation Army help homeless people? So here in Sarasota, I can only say that I've spent uh, my time uh, at the Salvation Army in Sarasota. I haven't gone elsewhere. Um, how much do they charge a night for a homeless person? I don't think they charge anything. Well, here in Manatee County, it's like twelve dollars a night. Okay. All right, so you have to make well, the, the $12 the time, or you're back out on the street. At the time, it was zero. And, um, it's not they, been that for a long time. Okay, and they had, um, but you had to be sober. 
and you had to be in at a certain time. And that was an issue. That's what they said. Anyway. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Hey, you are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious, heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree. Live. The number is 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160, write it down, store it in your phone, keep it forever, 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And Henry. And Henry. Henry, we're still going through this, we've had a lot of calls, which is great. Um, we're still going through this email, and we're talking about COVID-19, so... Let's hop back in. Oh. <laughs> All right. Wow. I was busy looking through old versions of Windows to try and figure out what was in the other studio. <laughs> but let me go back to where I was. Somebody's got to keep keep an eye on what's going on in the other studio. Well, you, you should have a contest. Guess guess how old the Windows version <laughs> is in the broadcast studio. I guessed window, Windows 98, but uh, you know, things change. That was pretty darn close. Yeah. Uh, well, come on. Before we go on, though, I want to yes. um, quickly, I need to uh, do a little housekeeping here. Um, I'm going to Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's an event um, put on by the Free Cities Foundation in Prague this year, and which I'm excited about, of course. Um, October the 21st through the 23rd, and it showcases autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The conference's theme is Parallel Structures for Progress. We'll explore physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in the future. Free Private Cities is offering all of my listeners a special 20% discount on tickets, which can be claimed by checking out uh, with Eventbrite with the uh, promo code FTL20. To find out about the conference, visit LifetimeLiberty.com. It's LifetimeLiberty.com. Or you can follow the conference on Twitter via the handle LibertyIOL. And make sure that you get your tickets soon. Take advantage of the early bird discount. And if you'd like to buy your ticket in Bitcoin, you can drop them a Twitter DM for instructions. So it's LifetimeLiberty.com. Coupon code FTL. Did you see that the Bitcoin legislation that's working its way through Congress has a 
200 uh, de minimis, which means that no. you don't have to. What to, is that? <laughs> to uh, it means that you can make a payment of up to $200 with Bitcoin for something, and you don't have to keep track of it on your income taxes. Well, I, I'm so delighted. <laughs> well, if you want to, if you were a business person that wanted to receive payments for your hamburgers uh, or coffee, yes, then. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Because, you know, if, if CNBC, for people who don't know, is like the, the number one business television network. And there's always some talking head on there that goes, well, it sure can't be used for payment. <laughs> and because nobody's using it for payment, well, nobody's using it for payment because who wants to keep track of their Starbucks coffee and pay taxes on it? I will make the point that in um, Keene, New Hampshire, people are using Bitcoin for payment all the time. Um, it's, uh, you can go to uh, dozens of businesses there. And make your payments in Bitcoin. They're happy to get it because they believe it's going to go up. And the business owner generally holds it. And I would bet very, very few of those people reported that stuff. And the reason they um, didn't report it is is it whether it was legal or illegal, it was just functionally impractical to uh, make a payment um, that low. I think you can get out of gold at $600. you got to get, get out of Bitcoin at 200 Thank you, leaders. Thank wow. you. It's all up for negotiation, and you know maybe if you can, it's up for negotiation. Well, if you when got they the right lobbyist, gun in your face. <laughs> oh, if you got the right lobbyist and stuff, you'll. And and uh, who's the guy that that's in charge of FTX now? Sam Bankman Friedman or Bank I don't know. Friedman? You know, it's all over the place these days. I don't pay attention to these uh, crypto hustlers. Uh, wow. Well. How do you know him? If you don't know him, how do you know he's a hustler? I don't pay attention to the news that uh, you know that, uh, that comes out. He's all over the NFL games. The referees are wearing the FTX uh, logos, and uh, he's giving. Uh, They're just a pushy exchange that demands all kinds of information, as far as I'm concerned. He's, and he's going to be giving between a hundred million and a billion dollars on this election cycle. Hmm. I wonder to, to people that he wants to elect, and maybe. One of his agenda will be to get it up to six hundred dollars for you, Mark. Let's so you, let's hope that he's very successful then. Okay. Well, I'm glad we could come to an agreement on that. Well, I'm not in agreement we? on FTX uh, being a great exchange. They're just another no, bunch of nosy nillies, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, I don't. I'll agree with you. It wasn't a great exchange for me either. But you wanted to go back to the COVID stuff, and I'm looking at this. And uh, really what it leads into is a lot of stuff about Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. And uh, I was using this as an example of uh, some more misinformation, not um, not um, disinformation. But I, I, there's something else here that I was looking at that uh, masks. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot to read about that, but I was trying to find some research because supposedly, you know, there's all this research that could be shown that masks weren't effective. But really, the, all the studies are about, uh, is it effective in preventing you from uh, getting the virus if you're wearing it? The only thing I found that was really something useful, because the purpose is for me, well, for you to wear a mask... So you don't blow your infected snot on me here in the studio yeah. when you're uh, pontificating. Indeed. And, and vice versa. That's what I've been told all along is, is the mask is for the protection of the other person. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think that. So the only relevant study I could find was uh, one in Germany that was done early in the process. 
And when the mandate came in, they found a drop in transmissions. Uh, and that was early in the process, very early, like in the late late 2020. And, you know, but that that was one way to measure it. But it, instead, we've created this whole, uh, that is going back to the beginning, that this is some conspiracy to get you to comply and be obedient. Yeah, I've never really understood what the um, conspiracy might be behind mask wearing. I like um, being able to choose to wear a mask. And fr- frankly, prior to COVID-19, you really couldn't do that in American society. It was weird, yes. highly weird. Now, when I was in Asia, people would wear, wear masks all the time. My presumption is, is they were feeling a little ill and they just wanted to make sure to be as polite as possible. So they wear a mask. And that seems like a really great thing to do. Now, I do see some people who wear masks that seem to be hypochondriacs, right? And that are somehow they're trying to protect themselves, which to me doesn't seem to be very effective. I also see people sometimes like sitting in a car alone, the mask on or at a bus stop. Um, And these seem like that seems like strange behavior to me. But again, I want people to be free to wear a mask if you want, because I know that the facial recognition software is out there and I figure the mask helps uh, with that. You think so? I think that Chicago has more than a million closed circuit uh, TV cameras and big cities around America have them. And that um, they're. You don't think just the upper part of your your head, if they get a good shot, is enough to identify you? I think that you can do other things too. I'm, I'm for, uh, you know, little glare shields. I'm for you wearing a baseball cap. I'm for all this stuff. A mask, a pair of sunglasses, and a ball cap, you're in good shape. I think they're probably way beyond that now. I don't think they can tell your face shape uh, if you've got oh, those not, things on. Not like your local police, but I think the the technology is advancing so much that they'll uh, they'll know your your gait, how you walk. Yep, they've uh, got that. Yeah, uh, yeah if they yeah, can see gait, just just give up. I think that gait um, is like there's only so many gates. It's not a fingerprint, you know. But then again, fingerprints are just, aren't that great for identifying either. You got to kind of know who it is right. to do so. So anyway. That was just one thing. What, what what part of this exchange about the COVID coronavirus do you want to talk about? Do, well, um, you know, for me, basically, my theory is is that look, if you want to if you want a shot, get a shot. If you don't want a shot, don't get a shot. But the you know the government and their their um, now you're getting to the crux of it. Yes, you don't want to be told what to do. Indeed, I don't. You know, I interviewed early. Uh, this was getting to be a thing in the media. Uh, Joe Newman, who has since passed, but he was 106. This is nothing new to comply. I can tell you about what happened in the the Spanish flu with young Joe Newman, but uh, I want to hear it. I'll tell you. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here on Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Henry. So had to think. You had to well, we're getting older. He's cueing me for something. (laughs) (laughs) He's got that look. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So um yeah, I mean, in the last segment, you were... Uh, so yeah, Joe Newman was quite a, a interesting person. 
and I only got to know him the last ten percent of his life or so. That I think he was only in his. Uh, I think he's only like a hundred when I met him, ninety nine or a hundred. But he could remember uh, the Spanish flu. I think it was what, what city is Notre Dame, the college in Des Moines, the big uh, uh, South Bend, South Bend. Um, yes, he was about six years old, and the the boy that he played with across the street died from the Spanish flu, and the the wagon came up, and f- from the the local authorities. And they nailed the quarantine uh, sign to the front door of the home across the street. And yep. everybody had to stay in and everybody had uh, everybody else had to stay out and stay away. So quarantine is when somebody is sick and they um, sort of lock them in. Well, the whole family. Is, is and there's a lot of legal precedent for that. There's far less for requiring healthy people to do things. Well, actually, during the Spanish flu, there were a lot of mandates for there were. masks and there were things some. like that. And that was but, used well, for president. That's, that's, but I think it's interesting that you shut down the courts in the process, and then no one has due process, right? Like, so, um, like, think about the think about it for a second. That the locked consider that the lockdown was the entire country was put on house arrest, and there was no habeas corpus that was possible. When did that happen? You couldn't go to court for months. You couldn't like habeas corpus. You just said the whole country. The whole country. People were going around at different levels, at different uh, states. We were told early on: don't even leave your house to go exercising because a person on a bicycle is like a giant flamethrower, forty feet of death. Do you remember this? I don't remember anything about the giant flamethrower. That sounds like it would have been very interesting. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying, early have... on, things were nuts. And some people were, some but politicians. Some business were closed down and other other steps were taken, but nothing like you're saying. Your, oh, yours is very comprehensive, but I'm I don't remember. Being very clear that in many communities around America, you couldn't leave the you house. You said the whole country. Okay, so... The whole country was locked down. That's what it was. You, you want to call it okay. something else? We, we, I'll, I'll give you this for the okay. sake of argument. The point is that human species have allowed the, the, the authority figures, institutions, to mandate different things for the benefit of the whole species. I think that that's, um, I think that's the premise that we live we, under. We, and I think that once you realize that there are megalomaniacal, power-hungry kooks that are in charge, and you continue to live where they're in charge that you've agreed to it. Like, that, that is my premise. And what that, if you can't leave? Wh- who can't leave? Speaking of Ian... <laughs> I, <laughs> he cannot uh, leave. Uh, no, that, I'm not speaking <laughs> in that sense. I'm speaking at the time that I interviewed him. Yes. And he spoke uh, against anti-discrimination laws. And I, of course, because of my age and growing up in the desegregation period, talked about Jim Crow laws and about the the segregation. And he said, well, why would anybody want to live there if that was what they were doing? And he didn't. And he was a very young man then. um, He he didn't understand, I guess, that they couldn't that, that black people in certain parts of the South couldn't leave. They, they were kept in place 
by the sheriffs and the authorities in the counties that they lived in. I think that um, so there was a great deal of migration to northern cities by blacks in the south. And, um, you know, yes, it's true. Sometimes it was difficult, but it, they really couldn't stop you from leaving. Yes, they could. How so? Kill you. Well, yes. I mean, I, I see. But they couldn't keep sheriffs on the bridge all the time. They well, certainly you're did talking it during... about the one instance, but it's I'm talking about in general. If you're sharecropping, then how are you going to get out of the county? You don't own a car. Uh-huh. Well, um, you know, there's a variety of ways to get in and out. The, and people the, did the, it. The, 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 other... the fact is, is that people did it over and over. I mean, and many millions. people couldn't, and many people got killed. Indeed, there was there was quite a few people who were killed. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying. Well, you that, just said people could go do something and leave. And they did. Oh, right some now. did. Some okay. can't. You can leave America right now if you want. It's not that expensive. It's not that hard. Yes, you have to put some money together. The poorest are by no means the ones that are, um, you know, like they benefit a great deal by government programs. If you want to go through their little, you know, system and be in their system, you can benefit. So, you know, why would they want to leave? Believe me, it's the rich that are leaving. As a percentage, the super but wealthy you're are leaving America. About if people realize they're being uh, living under a megalomaniac yep. government, once then... you once you accept that um, they're they're in charge and there's nothing you can do about it, you're their serfs by their very system. There's a big difference between serfs and this is an, a system that has evolved from serfhood. I mean, but it's not now. Okay, what's the difference? Serfs pay in, quit rents really in the hierarchy. Po- property s- tax. S- serfs were part of the land. Right. A step up from serfdom is slavery. So then your livestock. When okay, so as a serf, you could leave. Like the uh, carnival comes through um, with the gypsies, and you're like, yeah, I'd rather do that, and you could. Right. And if you got caught, you'd be killed. Probably not. No, yes. The, the, the penalty in England uh, was death if you left the, the lords that you were served to. All right. So let's, let's take the premise that uh, serfs are bound to the land, as, uh, as some say. And, but, I mean, you know, like, how, how did the, uh, the carnivals come through is what I would ask. Where did the, what were the bards doing exactly? Well, I guess they weren't serfs. <laughs> they all were serfs. They're all, um, you know, if they could employ you, you to do to it. You seem to use your serfdom very interchangeably. Um, as far as it goes, the the serfs had an opportunity to leave, and they many in many cases chose not to because life in um, as an owned piece of the land was better than traveling around. They wanted to have families. They wanted to be where they were familiar. They wanted to be with their um, their wives and mothers and all that stuff. So they didn't leave. Or maybe they wanted to do bad deeds and live off the the crimes that they were committing. Are we talking about the politicians now? I thought we were talking about the the circus and the sometimes uh, the, those the things traveling occurred. gypsies. People whatever. have always looked at, uh, askance uh, at the let's gypsies. Just get the crux of this: you don't want to accept the authority uh, of the institution that you live under. I often don't. Um, you know. Yeah, the, I know. Look, I have accepted that uh, when I've accepted that authority, I accepted it with the notion that that authority incarcerated people based on their color. With that, um, that they accepted slavery, that they accepted a whole variety of things. The people who are in charge but somehow now it changed. are really no different than those people who were in charge before. 
Like they're fundamentally the same. They're the same power but, seekers. But but you use that argument, or libertarians, or the people we're talking about in general, use that argument to not wear a mask or to not do things that are for the good of the society around them. And they want to have their individual choice. They want their narcissistic choice to pick out what they want to do for other people and what they don't want to do for other people. And it's, it doesn't work that way. It's the business owner's um, decision as far as I'm concerned. You go into a business owner and they want you to wear a mask, fine. You go into a business and they don't want you to wear a mask at all, fine. The idea that Americans were walking into banks wearing masks is absolutely insane. Can you imagine trying to walk into a bank wearing a mask in 2019? I mean, just imagine. So, no, but the, the, the reason you're wearing the mask is the danger that I know is, why they're doing it, and I right. accept that and a there mask are, works. Well, if then if there are some dangers, it, then it comes down to I just don't want to believe what the science is telling me, or they're wrong. But well, people get this. This is the problem with democracy, though, right? Like everybody gets an opinion, and um, that opinion should be like there are going to be places if you let people vote, there are going to be places to say no masks ever. And your kid and your kids come into term like this is it. Democrats are like, hey, how come, you know, the women can't uh, you know choose to carry their wound? Hey, it's democracy. As long as 51 percent of people in a given area think a thing is, is true, right and just, it must be because you believe in democracy, right? I don't believe we have democracy anymore. We don't <laughs> have elections that I get to vote in in this county anymore. What do you mean? We we close out the primaries for the, the oh, yeah, party the, in control. The top two. The, it's one of those top two things. No, it isn't that. Oh. We have. Uh, it takes more than ten well, seconds. To in some it. places in America, the top two candidates, and that can be the top two Republicans or the top two Democrats, are chosen for an election, and therefore there's it's basically one party election in the general. But I'd like to hear what you're talking about here in just a moment. Here on Free Talk Live, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. It's Mark with you. Henry Rains. The number, 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. In the last hour, Henry, we were talking about, you know, sort of, the disenfranchisement of the American voter, and um, apparently your claim is is that here, at least in Manatee County, Florida, in Florida, yeah, in Florida, okay, um, that somehow somebody's disenfranchised. Can you make your case? All right, in Florida, we had a reform about oh twenty years ago, give or take a couple years. All right. In Florida, you register as a Democrat, you register as a Republican, you can register as an independent. Yes. But why would you do that? Because you can't vote in a primary if you register as an independent. Well, that's right. So before the reform, if you're a Republican, you could only vote in a Republican primary, Democrat only a Democrat primary. And before the reform, if there was no independent or opposition party, only the people that belonged in the the party that had a candidate got to vote. And just roughly as a third Republican, third Democrat, third independent, it varies yep. a little bit. That would mean one third of the people got to choose the the who the 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 ruler 
the county commissioner, the city council person, the the state representative was. And that's generally how it works across America, though, right? I mean, like, you know, there's a primary and we pick a a red liar and a blue liar and maybe even a white liar. And then, uh, you know, bring bring them to the general and actually back in the day, Mark, when you were just a young lad, um, we hadn't gerrymandered the country so much that they actually had competition between one party and another. Now, in the the post-World War II and, well, post-Reconstruction, the South was a one-party state. So Democrats. Everybody, everybody that was allowed to vote was a Democrat. Right. So they, they wound up voting for who they wanted. But uh, then the as... Then as people moved into Florida, we had different uh, votes. And then uh, as we got closer and closer to the modern times, the art of gerrymandering got much more sophisticated than it was ever was in the previous couple hundred years. And they used computers. And, uh, you know, one, one district would have a, a majority party. But the reform was that if that was the case there was only one candidate from one party or two candidates from the same party, everybody would get to vote in that primary. So then, after that reform, that was a constitutional amendment voted by all the people of Florida. And then the, the legislatures in Tallahassee decided that they needed to reform the reform, and if there was a write-in candidate whose name would not appear on the ballot... Who did the only qualification for a writing candidate is you filled out a one sheet form at the supervisor of election office, and even whether it was the opposition party or the same party, it would close out the primary, and that way it would go back, turn every clock back, everything would uh, revert to the independents and the opposition party voters would not get to vote, and the only the people in the party of the candidate got to vote and choose who was going to run, be, run the county for the next four years or, or whatever. Just this most recent election, we had another constitutional amendment put on the ballot that would open up the primaries and reform the reform of the reform. But in that case, both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party told their voters to vote no on it because Republicans have the majority uh, of power in here, sure. but the you're, Democratic you're, parties didn't want to risk losing what little power they have left, and we need 60% for it to pass. 56% of the people voted for this new reform that would open everything up again, and 56% was not enough for, of a majority rule for that decision. Yeah, um, and this is the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, I came from a place where I didn't dispute whether or not the votes were counted. I didn't dispute whether or not the people voted in the way that they did. It's just that, um, you know, it was a tyranny of the majority by my standard, and, you know, I didn't want, didn't like that. Um, here, what you're saying is, is they're messing with the system enough that, uh, you know, and you're not even getting a fair vote, but... You can't explain it in a way that is even clear enough for people to, you know, get outraged over it. You know, if their votes weren't being counted, you might get some outrage. But now it's like, well, and then to take it to another level, we just had our governor DeSantis remove a twice elected uh, state attorney. Uh, You would think like a district attorney if you want to make it an equivalence, but it's called the state attorney, the the prosecuting attorney attorney. for a district. Yes. (laughs) Uh, just removed him because he voiced opinions that were contrary to what Governor DeSantis wanted to put out. How can the governor remove an elected official? 
Well, in the law, there is reasons such as uh, impropriety, uh, corruption, uh, uh, drunkenness. It's an old law. It goes way back. And, <laughs> and, and incompetence. And I believe the Governor DeSantis is using the, the incompetence argument be that uh, he is not fulfilling the, the laws of Florida because he stated, this prosecuting attorney, that he, did, uh, he was not going to follow up prosecution on women that got abortions or the providers that got abortions in violation of the uh, abortion law. Here I am really curious what this whole abortion law thing is going to do through the election because it, it was a no doubt surefire win for the Republicans across the board in America. Saw Kansas. And then, ta-da, we won. <laughs> you know? We caught the car. <laughs> the, the, the dog that caught the car. And yeah. I'm curious because, you know, this is... Uh, well, you saw what happened in Kansas last night. If, you get, if you're listening and you weren't paying attention because you're not in Kansas, there was a, a, a question on the ballot uh, in the state of of Kansas the right to abortion is uh, established in law and the question put forward to the voters can you the can the legislature uh, revisit that law that was what in plain, plain english can the legislature change the law is is what it was about but it was structured so that a yes was a no and a no was a yes and you really had to figure yeah. out the wording and still in Kansas, the red state in the center of the red country of the center of the U.S. voted almost two-thirds to one to maintain abortion rights, reproductive rights, whatever you want to call them, in the state of Kansas, even though Republicans still dominate the Well, how elections. do we know that the Republicans um, didn't get confused by the voting thing? And in fact, it was should have uh, not passed, but it did. Uh, be, well, I mean, if it was confusing, it could have. I mean, well, you know. they even had text messages that were being sent to uh, potential voters telling them how to th- vote. Yes. And telling them an outright lie on that. So there were all kinds of dirty tricks. The point being that I guess uh, in the optimistic point is that the people that cared about it figured it out and voted that way. And the, the general temperament of the electorate is we don't like abortions, but we even hate more when you have these onerous regulations put on with, you know, and we want a 10-year-old to carry a child to term or her rapist child to term. Well, I just got to say that um, it's uh, it's a very complicated issue, and, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen uh, in the long run, but I am very curious. No one likes my opinion on the subject because I say, uh, if you want to abort your kid, by all means, go right ahead. You Just <laughs> get rid of them. Um, but... You know, I don't use the right terminology, so that'll make the younger sibling look up and take notice, <laughs> right? So, um, DeSantis is going to be a—he's uh, a contender for uh, president, number one contender here in twenty twenty four. Is that going to be it? Yeah, and uh, it's hard to say what's going to happen, but it does seem like uh, Biden and Harris aren't particularly popular right now. Now we don't know what's going to happen. Um, in the future, you know, it's always this way in the midterms. So I'm right. They, the, the Democratic, the, the conventional wisdom has been that the Democrats are in trouble in the midterms elections, uh, both 
from a historical standpoint of a new president uh, in the midterm election and because of current circumstances. And Biden has some of the lowest numbers and, of any president ever. It's looking like the Republicans are going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Do you think DeSantis is going to be the Republican nominee? Do you think he's going to win? He thinks he is. I I, I think he thinks he is, yes. And uh, He's got billionaires lined up. His fundraising is incredible. He's got the deck stacked in his favor. He's certainly been in the but confluence of some really good things, right? Like, uh, you know, Florida had some very open COVID laws, and their results were really no fundamentally different than California's. And Americans are still bitter uh, that by There's what they see. There's a lot see. of fl- bitter Floridians. <laughs> there are. And they, but any one of them could have picked up and moved to California for more tyranny if that's what they wanted. All they wanted was a, a sensible science-based uh, plan and not to import some uh, quack doctor as our new Surgeon General. Uh, but it seems to have worked out, right? I mean, like, you know, Florida's no better or worse than any other state, particularly. And it well, seems we get like- the vaccines. Oh, I, that solved everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad I brought you around to that. I, I, I tend to think the vaccines didn't do much of anything. I mm. mean, because the people who are sick now and the people who are dying now had vaccines and that was happening before. And, you know, it didn't seem to matter that much. I don't know. Well, Maybe I'm wrong. I can show you a graph, but graphs don't do much for radio. So yeah. I will be happy to pull that up for you. I, I'd love to take a look at it. I'm sorry this week I didn't have a chance to look at your show prep. And uh, uh, you, yeah. Why would this week be any different? <laughs> the number is 603-283-6160. So um, I'm, I'm trying to imagine. It, it seems like the Democrat is, um, because of... Biden coming in under what I would call unusual circumstances um, that it seems like America that is his position isn't as firm as other presidents have been in the past and that it's very likely that he might be a one term president too. he's old um, people are he's has some of the lowest lowest ratings of any president in history can't shake covid personally. Me. Well, is he sick right now? I mean, he's yeah. Old. He got reinfected right away. Oh, I didn't know that they, that happened. I thought he was blaming it on the Paxiloid. Said it was fine. Anyway, um, you know, all the best to him. Don't don't want to see him go. You oh. know, croaking. But uh, nonetheless, Harris is not particularly popular either. It's not like that's a solution to uh, the Democrats' problems. <laughs> no, nobody should be out there saying little prayers for Joe Biden's uh, death. There, there's a lot of Democrats that think they're the solution for the Democrats' problems. There, they are. And as a matter of fact, he might even have primary issues. Who knows? Um, you know, he's that weak. And it's it's likely that the Republican contender will be seriously looked at. This isn't, uh, you know, a throwaway like so many have been in the past with uh, Kerry and uh, McCain and these sorts of uh, candidates. 
This is yes. very likely that there will be a strong race. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm not going to claim, but I'll tell you what. Joe Biden better do more campaigning than he did the last time when he didn't leave his house. Well, Virtual campaigning. We haven't seen what the Republicans put forward, but that's that's two years away. Two years is a long time when you're 80. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Anything could happen. I don't know what's going to happen either. It seems like the midterms, um, you know, they, they were predicting a Republican victory for so long. And then, I don't know, with this abortion thing, it got kind of dicey. I'm not 100 percent sure. And um, it seems like this is a problem that many countries around the world have solved. And I don't know why America can't solve it. Which problem? Abortion. They have solved it? Yeah. What, what was the solution? By they have different large, solutions, though. They do, but by and large, abortions are permissible. Um, I mean, obviously, there's some crazy places. Um, abortions are permissible up to a certain time frame. And then after that time frame, they're not. And, um, you know, there's always exceptions, the mother's health and, you know, rape and incest and all this other stuff. And um, But, you know, the... The problem is, is that doctors become unsure as to whether or not they can give it. And then they refuse to because, hey, I'm not going to jail because this lady made some bad decisions. So um, then they, you know, they essentially get stopped up and, you know, that's an issue. But I think, you know, hey, come up with something reasonable and have people vote on it. That's what compromise is. That's what politics is. But nobody wants to do that. There's no compromise on this issue. And, um, you know. I can take it one way or the other. If somebody asked me fundamentally whether I believe that uh, abortion is homicide, I don't see how it could be anything else. But I, at the same time... Is personhood what, it happen at conception? What's that? Personhood happens at conception? Sure. Two, two uh, zygote splits, you've got, uh, you've got you know, mm. the chromosomes, and there you are. You know, is it smart? Is it cognizant? I don't know. But nobody lets me go around deciding which uh, humans get to live and which ones get to die. So why should anybody else? Believe me, I, there'd be a mass culling of people below, with an IQ below 115 if I was in charge. Well, I'd like to be in charge of the testing. <laughs> right. That's the problem. That's the problem with the government. It's just that somebody's going to be in charge of the testing. And then the payoff happens. And then there you go. Uh. Somebody with an IQ of 114 is going to be like, hey, Henry, you know, here's $1,000. I hadn't even thought about that yet. Well, that's how quick it happens. That, that by hey, the way, is our, now that that, is our border policy. Now that you've mentioned it, there's going to be some people with 120, 125 they are going to have a problem, too. <laughs> that's right. They could, they could be below. Now you need some money. Yep, yep, that's exactly how you it You know, works. when I was captain of safety patrols... That was a sweet gig that you, I didn't You were a advantage. hall monitor? <laughs> no wonder you grew up to be a Democrat. <laughs> huh. What did you do um, for safety patrol? I was the captain. What's that mean? Well, that means you're the top safety patrol. I got what elected by the patrol? other safety patrols. What is safety patrol? Is it you a hall monitor? Uh, I guess it's something that doesn't happen anymore. It was for grammar school. You know, um, it's on a hall monitor. It's like before school and after school. Okay. Some people are in charge of the, the crossings. And yeah, some, I remember those kids running around with their little And some people are in charge vests. of the watching the kids go back and forth through the, the bikes. I mean, not the bikes, the buses and, and the bikes. And some people, you know, when the teacher has to open up the classroom in the morning, someone has to keep order. So different classes. This is the crossing guard. Um, has been replaced by the crossing guard. Retired yeah. people with a 
little handheld stop yeah. sign. Well, I mean, this was this was on campus, total, total control. Kind of like a trustee in prison. I don't think so, because you've done something wrong to become the trustee. <laughs> then you well, do something to make it, to mitigate what you've done wrong to get privileges. Well, you didn't make it to private private school, so you know you must have done something wrong, right? It's middle-class welfare babysitting day prison. And so, you know, that's where you ended up. That's not where I ended up. I was captured the safety patrol. <laughs> I was the best. <laughs> the best taken care of inmate day prison. I ran that school the way it meant to be run. <laughs> the hammer and Henry Reigns. <laughs> Drop a suplex on him. Uh, I had to, you know, there were some kids. Now, I got to admit, some of those kids' safety patrols, they got a little fool in themselves. And power hungry. I had to keep a lid on him. Well, I can only imagine what your best story of that is. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here on Free Talk Live. Live. I want to tell you about Odyssey. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, library launched Odyssey. It's a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's uh, really taking off. Now, with over one million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be taken down, has been taken down many times and will continue to be taken down. Let's uh, be clear. Uh, thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, and so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently on Odyssey. And you can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at library.com. That's L-B-R-Y. It's four letters for library. L-B-R-Y. And then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit uh, video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. It's video.freetalklive.com. So, Henry, I have been on a a fast for the last couple of days. Or not a fast, but a, uh, a cleanse. And I'm only eating fruits and vegetables, and I'm probably a little wacky. But I want very much to talk about this new Thor movie that came out. Now, you've seen it. I've Thor, seen it. Thor, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. And Natalie I, Portman returns. Well, in, in, in part, yes. Um, and by the way, there may be some spoilers in here. I don't want to be, I'm not going to try to spoil anything, but at the same time, you know, it's been weeks this thing's been out. I'll spoil it. There'll be another Thor movie. <laughs> Just say that at the end. <laughs> and there will be. Um, as long as there's money to be made, they're going to continue to do it. And I'm really excited that Marvel's managed to, um, you know, be, make so much money. I'm waiting movies. for Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, he his head showed up on the in the last Thor on one of the buildings 
that the building that uh, what was it the timekeeper what was it uh, no the grandmaster uh, the grandmaster's building there okay. did you see it is that the one that Hulk co-starred in yeah that's the one yeah I saw it so um, anyway this movie I've seen all the Thors I've seen all the Marvel movies basically everything and um, I enjoyed the Thor movies but apparently Chris Hemsworth was getting a little bored with doing them mm-hmm. the second Thor uh, Dark World. People called a bomb. Now, frankly, to me, it seemed like a fine comic book movie. That's the one I haven't seen. Okay. Um, you know, I think it was fine. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it and, you know, yay, I enjoyed it. But then uh, Ragnarok came out and this uh, director, Taika Waititi, who has uh, done the Love and Thunder and um, he's done another couple of them that out there that people really like. He's, he's a young up and comer and he's really popular. He's kind of known for some comedic stuff. He did this Ragnarok and it was great. Ragnarok was really a great movie. Introduced some new characters. and Yep. And um, also Valkyrie. happened to be right before. Basically, it was... The first, the zero installment of the two episode um, in game kind of thing that was going on there. Thanos in, in, and Avengers. Yeah. So it, it inter- introduced, you know, they came right in at the end, and, you know, that was pretty exciting. Spoiler alert on a four year old movie. <laughs> so, um, but this one is getting panned. This Love and Thunder is getting panned be- for being too comedic. And that was what you said, too. And I wanted you to be able to make your case because I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen it twice in the theaters now, and it's silly. But why wouldn't um, the God of Thunder well, be silly? Let's go with what the the main conflict is between the antagonist, and the protagonist, and all. And the antagonist is the what was his name in the the movie? The um, a gore, the God's butcher. The, yeah, the God butcher. And that is a character that uh, his daughter was dying. He was the last of the faithful of this One god religion. That, that lived on some somewhere, yes. some dimension, some planet. Yep. And he prayed to the god to save his daughter. And the god was not busy. only didn't <laughs> save her, when he confronted the god, the god laughed at him and yeah. told him he was just meaningless. worthless and yep. meaningless. And, and there is no eternal reward. Yes. And so that's a pretty heavy premise. Yeah. And it seemed like they spent the rest of the movie trying to do funny bits in between the seriousness of this whole movie, which I can understand because it is sort of a downer to see the, the little girl die up at the beginning of it is the a shame, movie. Yeah. yeah. So, but I just thought it went over the top too much. I thought that um, I, I did like the premise to start with because there's a lot of people that struggle with their religion over a variety of things. And this would be the sort of thing that uh, a person would struggle with. And I like that he, um, you know, took an alien and we, we took an alien look at it. That way we don't have to look at our uh, pr- biases on religion. We can look at theirs. I found it to be a little shallow in the way that they, um, you know, approached it. But. There's a lot of this stuff that doesn't get, I mean, you know, the same with the Captain America thing. I didn't think the Flag Smashers were pro- appropriately uh, put together. I thought, um, you know, in, in the comics, Flag Smasher is a character with some, you know, some depth. And um, whereas, you know, in the uh, the Captain America miniseries on Disney Plus, not so much. But they kind of have, they don't have a lot of time to get into these things. And there were a lot of funny bits. Um, and, 
Yeah, I don't know. It kept the movie going. I enjoyed it all the way through. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. It was, so you consider it worth seeing in the theaters, or would you just sure, wait? Sure, until- if you like Marvel movies. I told my pastor about it. I, I he, <laughs> he, He's a fan of Marvel movies, uh-huh. and he said, that sounds really interesting because he's uh, up on stage. He's talked about when you pray for people, not and, and not as a big, heavy sermon per se. It's, it's just a, something that he has dealt with is you pray for some people and good things happen, and you pray for some people and... It's a bad outcome happens, right. and it's hard to know, and it's it's hard to um, deal with as a pastor. Well, I can say as a Quaker, um, uh, you know, not every Quaker agrees with me. That's the first thing you say as a Quaker. But I am of the opinion that um, presumably God knows what God wants to do in any given instance, and that God has a will and a plan, and that prayer, I mean, like, who am I but some hairless monkey— running around on this uh, glob of dirt that um, to tell, you know, the creator of everything. Closer to being a hairless ape. Okay, yes, that's true. Well, I mean, you know, apes evolved from monkeys, and, um, you know, we are an ape or something. Anyway, um, somewhere we share— I think on the family tree, though, you're closer to the ape. Indeed. Scientific, uh, you know, classification. We're digressing from the point you're trying to make. Indeed. So, um, that— you know, like God knows what God wants to do, and I don't propose to say anything. Now, I'll admit, when my dog went missing, I prayed that God would help me find the dog. I know what it's like to call out um, and, and, and want something to happen. But from a theological standpoint, I don't know if God really needs my input. You know? And so, you know, if, if prayer works for you, then by all means. One of the things that's done in Quakers is holding people in the light. Just envisioning who they are, hoping for good things for them, you know, things like that. And that's all you can really do is kind of hope. And maybe you can hope in communion with God. I don't know. But I presume, you know, we're all intended to live. We're all intended to die. Conflict makes stories interesting. Um, you know, there you go. I think that, uh, you know, that we've got to have conflict. We've got to have bad things that happen. Well, let me inject some science into that question. And the problem is... It's before the internet, so I cannot find this study that I read about way back when. But scientists had different control groups pray, and they had like Muslims and Buddhists and Christians, and everybody praying increased statistically the good outcomes. I have heard that one. I've also heard. I probably sold it to you at the store. I've also heard of uh, um, you know the opposite. I've been posing. So who knows? Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty free talk live. Talk live, call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Henry Ranks. Check out Bitcoin.com. It's your best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Beginning to look like cryptocurrency spring again. We'll see. Did you see the news about BlackRock and Coinbase? And Indeed. And you can find that news at news.bitcoin.com. Really? Yeah. There's all kinds of places that you can find it, but uh, news.bitcoin.com. I like their news department. I've met the uh, the guys in it, and I think it's uh, they're the great organization. Bitcoin.com, your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet app, 
mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, Bitcoin.com. So um, let's go to the phones and go to the fun here. We've got Law Dog on the air. Law Dog, you're on Free Talk Live. Wow, 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 yippee, yo, yippee, gentlemen. Hey, the Quaker there. Did you know that Richard Milhouse Nixon was a Quaker? I did know that Richard Milhouse um, Nixon was a Quaker. But did Richard Nixon really know that he was a Quaker? Uh, well, he was disowned by his meeting. Um, and so, you know, the Quakers can always run to that. Yeah, just one quick thing about the food situation here in uh, southeast lower Michigan. I work a couple of uh, fresh food initiatives um for a couple of churches here just outside of Jackson. We got people with $500,000 lakefront estates, and also they're driving in with fifty dollars to $60,000 vehicles getting food. What does that mean What's to you? What's wrong with this picture? Number one, do they have mortgages? Uh, do they have car payments? Do they have massive debt? Or D, is it all of the above? Yeah, this this is an interesting question. So I worked with the food bank um, in my local town. This wasn't during you know this time of crisis or anything like this. This was uh, some years ago, um, and you know you got all kinds. And it seemed like some people were just you know they, that they'd they'd worked on their own self esteem and that they, uh, they 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 could just come in and get free food. Like they they could do that. You know, it didn't bother them. Um, to accept food that was free, that maybe taking the food from somebody else who needed it or whatever the situation was. Um, at the same time, I also got to see that uh, poor people don't like vegetables. So mm-hmm. there you go. Law dog? Yeah, there isn't much to say except uh, BlackRock. <laughs> I'd rather invest in CrackRock. Those, those, those guys are terrible. Have a good night. Thank you. <laughs> And eat your vegetables. <laughs> it was it was true. I uh, you know I'd take all the vegetables uh, for the pigs, and you know they really enjoyed it. But um, you know the the white bread was always gone. <laughs> so anyway, um, Henry, you were we were talking about Thor, uh, yes. Love and Thunder in the last segment, and we kind of uh, got off on the. Well, we we haven't talked about the. It's a little late too on this, but the the big blockbuster of the summer was Top Gun Two. Not Brought for everybody me. back. Love and Thunder was definitely the one that I was looking for. I, I was to. talking from the general society. Yep. Top I'll Gun 2 was the big one. It was a great movie. I yeah. went and saw it in the theaters and really enjoyed what I saw. You have to suspend disbelief, though. Yes, and then I think in that one they jumped the shark, too, with the F-14 that was conveniently located. I don't care about the spoiler, but we'll just say that the F-14 was where it jumped the shark for me. Okay. And what I would say, if if you wanted to do that same thing, it's very hard to not spoil this, but if you wanted to do that same buddy kind of moment and that shared experience that bonded them together and overcame the conflict between them, instead of trying to get me to believe that that F-14 was there, why not put, Two motorcycles, because that would have fit the same thing for the same purpose. I suppose it's more believable, and the motorcycle was certainly a uh, integral part of the right. original Top Gun. The and it, in the current, the new one is it? Yeah, yeah, he has a motorcycle there too. So, um, 
I, I mean, so we just offered, the, excuse me, the United States government just offered the Ukrainian government a whole mess of A-10 warthogs. And the Ukrainian government turned them down. And for what sounded like pretty good reason. Right. Um, the, essentially, our pilots would become uh, targets that the MiG-29 would just uh, take them out. And the warthog isn't really made to for aerial battles. Right. They've got drones now and other things that can do the same thing. Right. So um, what they want is some F-16s. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, F-16 is a pretty old platform. Um, it's a good one. But I'm. why is it so unbelievable that an F-14 would be sitting in, um, you know, some place like why why was it why you know some some country that uh, that could be just taken off by it that, that was ready to fly and somebody could just hop in it and take off sure i mean i guess that's the part that you and, and, it, and it was stored in a way that it appeared it hadn't been used right hadn't been used but was ready for flight yes i see the the issue that you're um you know, you're talking about uh, you know, I, that wasn't what got it for me, and I had to keep on putting aside another issue when I watched uh, the movie, and that was, um, you know, the sort of the first part of the movie was about, uh, you know, humans versus drones and what's going to occur in the future and these sorts of things, and that, um, you know, the Maverick sort of shows himself as being... <laughs> I'm better than the drone kind of thing. I can do it. Man versus machine. Man versus machine, very common sort of uh, conflict in storytelling and you know it's been around a long time and i'm rooting for john henry no doubt um but the rest of the movie just kind of what bugged me about it was is that this was the perfect job for a machine to do yes <laughs> you know like a, a perfect job for a high-flying drone you know what send in 20 who cares? Get, get them shot out of the sky. What difference let, does it make? Let the the drone pilots sit in a little cockpit in the the base, right? So it feels like they're really doing it. Indeed, um, you know that didn't stop them from getting PTSD during the Iraq War. The drone pilots there, yeah. uh, many of them got uh, PTSD for and in Afghanistan for you know dropping million dollar bombs on ten dollar tents. Um, yeah, fortunately we didn't have. Well, to actually, a lot of that was targeted assassinations and that stuff well it was yeah, yeah. absolutely targeted assassinations but you know when oh, you there's target, collateral damage yeah yeah when you target somebody's tent then it wouldn't be acceptable but, but in the I'm united states that, that they could see their their victim much better than just like a bomber from a sky sure they um yeah. I, I do believe they were getting ptsd but you know yes as the case may be anyway gene calling in from kentucky gene you're on free talk live yeah, I want to talk about the safety patrol. I was on the safety patrol, I think, in the sixth grade. And I remember being at the door and uh, uh, not letting anybody in until the bell, you know, a bell rang. And uh, all they had a good excuse. Okay, and on to COVID and diseases. What was all the good diseases. excuse for getting into the um, room before? I don't remember. This is oh, I'm just been, curious. Like, what might, what might it have been? I don't remember all that. <laughs> I barely remember being on a safety trip. I've been to so many elementary schools. I lost track how many we went to. But anyway, on to the next topic I'm calling about. Diseases. You cannot catch COVID from anyone. It has to be in cholesterol. You cannot breathe on anybody. You have to be injected. You have to ingest it. Or you have to catch it like you do STD. So this stuff about breathing on Injecting. somebody, cough on something doesn't do a darn thing and you couldn't get me to mask put a mask on you'd have to shoot me so i mean i fought with them in the hospital i said leave me alone 
I thought I had COVID. I'm pretty sure I did. My taste, well, taste you buds caught, were you, caught it from, you, you got it from what you ate. From, it, from it, what it's I ate. It's in the animal kingdom. It's in the animal kingdom. All so, diseases and pathogens come from the animal kingdom. So you're because suggesting the, um, that I should stick with this vegetarian flush that I'm yes, doing right now. Yes, I've been a vegetarian for a year. Okay. I mean, I miss all that stuff. I miss eggs. I miss all that stuff. But I believe the gentleman that, that talked about this, I heard him, and I've looked it up, and I had, a, I had chicken for a while, and I've, I've got a chicken health book, and it shows all the diseases that these animals carry, and every one of them is in the human kingdom, like chickenpox. Where did the word chickenpox come from? Oh, look at monkeypox. Um, oh, well, avian flu. Who believes that crap? I mean, you know I me. Mean? <laughs> but I'm saying is you're not going to catch anything. It has to be in cholesterol. Oh, I forgot what the gentleman called it. Something. It has to be. It has to be. Viruses cannot exist outside the cholesterol. I well, mean, I, I certainly I can't deny that eating meat in uh, March of 2021. I can certainly not deny that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've given it up. I mean, I, the worst was giving up the eggs because I had chickens for a while. They were so delicious, and I learned to eat eggs after all those years, and I loved them. That was the hardest thing to give up. But you eggs. still have your so chickens, though? I did have. I love. I still. I still love them. I mean, I wanted to cross the street. I'm so here every day, and I give her something. <laughs> what about fish? Can you get uh, diseases from fish? Uh, they, uh, my gentleman that I listen to says uh, you might not catch diseases, but they carry so much. Uh, uh, how would you say it? The pollution, mercury, all yeah. types of things. Think about what's in the in the waters. Heavy all metal. these junk people put in it. So, Gene, thanks for the call. Free talk live. <laughs> 